Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. funny thing about doing this podcast is there's there's been so many people just talk about their like family and stuff and you know watching the movie with their parents and stuff and I guess my friend pointed out to me it's like oh yeah well Jurassic Park is a movie for kids and adults that's probably why everyone has so many memories with their families that's true because we were just as excited to see it as well I don't even know if you were excited to see it you were so little yeah I don't know I mean did I I mean, I liked dinosaurs at that point, right? Or did oh, I not even? Dinosaurs. Yeah, you knew all the names of them and everything. No, that's been a common. That's been a common thread. Uh, yeah, because we had books, and you, we could point them out in the book, and you would know what they were. And that's why it's funny because when we saw the movie, that little kid, that little boy, you know, he knew all the names of them and was saying to Dr. Grant, blah, 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 blah. He rattled off all the names of the dinosaurs. I feel like everybody was that kid, like, growing yeah, up. Yeah, for sure. Well, we took you to see it, but I don't think we took Alex. Yeah, see, and then I talked to Alex the other day, and she was like, I was there. And I was like, I don't think you were there. I don't think she was. I think we left her at home. Yeah, because she would have been... By herself. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Because she would have been four. Too too little, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And as it was, I thought, uh-oh, this is scary. He's going to be too scared. We're going to have to leave. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we almost did, right? I don't remember. <laughs> I was thinking about it because it was so scary. But then after that scene, you know, it was, wasn't that bad. I just wanted to bug you right now about the about that the Jurassic Park child thing again because I, oh. I I liked what you said about it though I thought that was really funny just because like I don't know in my head I expected like I don't yeah again like why would you remember that but uh, yeah you'd expected a bigger story but hell I don't remember <laughs> you don't remember anything barely <laughs> I remember being excited about getting it for you because I think you had it on your list. Oh, wow. I made lists even that young. Uh, maybe not, but you know, <laughs> uh, but uh, I just remember it was expensive. Oh, yeah, it was the I mean, I think it was the most expensive Jurassic Park toy. Yeah, but didn't we didn't I get you something else besides that? Too? Jurassic yeah. Park? Yeah, you got me the T-Rex. You got me. Well, in the photo is like mm-hmm. four action figures. Uh, mm-hmm. A vehicle, the visitor center, the T Rex. So yeah, mm-hmm. just just to make it very obvious, it was very spoiled. Oh yeah, yeah. No, nope. that's true. <laughs> Thanks, mom. That I is- don't remember where I got it, or I just remember it was expensive, and I just remember that I was excited for you to open it. I mean, that picture just is like I feel like it's the only Jurassic Park picture from childhood that I have too oh yeah yeah because I don't I mean I have that picture of me in Hawaii with the dinosaur shorts but I don't have yeah like I don't have the picture of the raptor Halloween costume or anything else so I feel Mm. like I kind of treasure that photo more than like more than like and why weren't you wearing a shirt I don't get that I thought I'd like to be naked as a kid yeah that's true (laughs) you were very free (laughs) Filled with awe and fright See Jurassic right Bathed in ember light See Jurassic right See Jurassic right Right, right See Jurassic right Right, right See Jurassic right Right, right See Jurassic right See Jurassic right See Jurassic Park Happy holidays and welcome back to See Jurassic Right, a podcast about Jurassic Park and you. I'm your host, Stephen Ray Morris. Today's episode is all about, you guessed it, toys and memorabilia. The conversation you just heard between my mom and I stemmed from musing over a photograph taken Christmas 1993, where I'm a shirtless six-year-old kneeling over the original Kenner Visitor Center surrounded by action figures and dinosaurs. I'll share that picture on social. Uh, I've been a collector all my life, whether it was Pokemon cards, action figures, Criterion Collection DVDs, trading cards, or whatever, but I've always grappled with this expression of devotion and what value it has, or doesn't have, in loving the media I consume. I definitely acknowledge my privilege in this matter as a kid who was lucky enough to get the nice toys, but chatting with my guests on today's episode, I've discovered plenty of ways the toys we did have, official or not, allowed us to take matters into our own hands, so to speak, and become active participants in our imaginations and have these little time capsules still affect us today. 
Chris Bramante is a magician, talented performer, podcast host, and an eloquent fellow you've heard from before in last month's Jurassic Park 3 episode, and one of our first meetings involved a Jurassic Park party for the Two Broke Geeks YouTube series, Maybe Will Wheaton Will Show Up. But today, he joined me in sharing many memories from his childhood misadventures with the original JP Toys. We talked about the empowering nature of play, and we dive into the history of the franchise toy lines too. This dovetailed nicely into my chat with the Jurassic Park podcast host, head honcho, Brad Jost. Like Jurassic Outpost and the In General podcast, Brad's podcast has been a damned beacon of light in our Jurassic Park fandom and community. And I was honored that he would not only share his childhood memories with me, but even some clips from that faithful Christmas as well. incredibly vivid memories of my first and second viewing of Jurassic Park, which were kind of a paired memory. Because the first, I saw it in theaters twice at the age of, how, how you said six in yours, right? Mm-hmm. I think I would have been six. It was 1993. I was born in 1987. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in so April, around when you were born. Yeah. So I must have been six years old. And I saw it with my family, and I remember sitting on my mother's lap and that I saw half of the movie the first time because much of the movie was my mom covering my eyes and shrieking herself. Um, And then me hearing through darkness, because the thing is, the sound is a very pivotal part of that film. I heard all of it the first time, and it sounded very scary. Uh, And it was also kind of scary to see her so scared. So then I saw it again, because I knew that I liked it. I knew that whatever it was, it was dinosaurs, and I loved it, and I wanted it again. So the second time, I went with my dad to this theater that is now, it was the Portsmouth Five in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. It was the theater that didn't get many movies. It only had five screens. And then there was another theater in Newington down the street that had like, 20 screens and that's where most movies were but this little theater it got it had the rights to Star Wars it always put the Star Wars up and it got Jurassic Park and so it's now an abandoned theater it's still there they haven't turned it into anything it's just sitting there so the second time I saw it I went with just me and my dad and I sat with him and he told me he said it's up to you when you want to close your eyes And if you feel scared, you let me know. But you can watch as much of it as you feel brave to watch it. And so I watched the whole thing with occasional coverings of my own eyes, like sort of like buried in my dad's chest. Like he still has these very fond memories. And when he describes it, it's so funny of like me buried kind of in his chest, but half looking, continually looking up, like just like, Just like this scared little critter watching it. And I watched the whole thing, and it was fully terrifying. It was fully terrifying. But I loved it. And then I didn't stop loving it. I've been having this conversation lately where just, and in, in, in you've seen it too, where it's like, oh, this movie meant a lot to people growing up and, and because it was something that they shared between their parents and themselves when they were a kid. And I was like, Oh well yeah because that's what <laughs> that's what Jurassic Park is it's a movie that was meant to appeal to both kids and adults and and I wonder if that's why 
the original has such a timeless quality because that was such the M.O. of the movie. Yeah, I mean, that's what it was for me. I mean, my mom was reading the book, and I remember her reading it. You know, at that point, I'm, I'm too young. I mean, I was probably reading. I don't know at that time, but I, I just wasn't reading Jurassic Park. And uh, that, that was a scary book, and it was dark and, and brutal. And I remember my mom talking about it, and she was telling me, like, how afraid she was, you know, reading it on the front porch and just thinking about the raptors, like kind of terrifying if you're if you put yourself in that situation where you're alone and it maybe it's getting dark you know you see the sun's going down and you're reading about these raptors in this cave or something it's kind of terrifying and I remember her telling me that stuff and it was instilled in my brain and you know before 1993 before the movie came out and you know it stuck with me obviously and I have her to thank for it I guess that's amazing when did you first actually see Jurassic Park and what was that like you know unfortunately I don't remember the the specific day or time or anything that my brain is terrible got to say um but i do know i saw it in 1993 uh so there's that <laughs> that's funny yeah i mean it's a letdown it's a letdown when you you know your one of your favorite movies of all time you just you can't remember going to see it in a theater so there's no real huge story i don't remember it very well but uh i wish i did I mean, it, again, it's one of those things where I, I feel like each time I talk to one of my family members, they keep updating my story. So it's like, oh, I guess I didn't remember this as well as I could. Or I, over the years, have maybe embellished it in ways subconsciously. And and now it's a it lives as a certain form on the podcast. But I feel like even with my father updating it an episode later, and then I just talked to my mom, and she even had more stuff to add to it. And I was just like, geez, like... You know, our memories are are a funny thing, and and it it is so important in um in kind of setting the tone of like how we appreciate something, you know, and yeah. So, so you know, I, I don't know if not remembering something is 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 a negative thing. It's just it's just part of the continuum of experiencing this thing that you like. Yeah, I mean, I have this vague memory of a theater near my like where I used to live opening. And I don't think this was 1993, though. So, it, it, you know, I already saw the movie because it came out in June um, 1993. And I know, like, I had seen it by October because I mean, my birthday was in October. I was already getting presents, you know, Jurassic-related presents. And I was like, I knew the characters. I think I remember myself, like, screaming, like, oh, my God, Alan Grant, like, oh, Raptor, you know, stuff like that. You know, watching back on these, the footage of, uh, you know, my birthdays or, or even Christmas or something like that, it's it's funny just to see how, how crazy I reacted. But So I know I had to have seen it, but this theater I know opened up. I, I can't find the specific date. Trust me, I've, I've tried Googling it. There's this website, like, I don't know what it's called. I forget what it's called, but you can, like, research when theaters opened and the original flyers and stuff like that. And oh, yeah. I can't find any recollection of, of what it was. For some reason, a vague memory of, like, 25-cent movies, like, for, like, an opening weekend. And Jurassic Park was one of those movies. I, I, that's – it might be completely false, but that's, like, in my mind for some reason. There has to be a reason for that.
Of course, as we dive into these conversations, look out for many familiar voices like Luce Tomlin Brenner, Stephanie Cook, Assis Sandu, and Chris Pugh of the aforementioned Jurassic Outpost slash In General podcast, Jess Uncle, Annie Wilkes, and Omar Najam. Plus, we'll be hearing some very delightful holiday tales from listeners Amelie, Carly, Nick, and Madison. So without further ado, let's talk toys, the holidays, nostalgia, memories, all of it. Jurassic Park was certainly of them. I had them all. I don't think Lex had a toy. Nope. And Irene Richards cried when she found out she wasn't getting a toy. Just still devastating. Timmy got a toy. Yeah, Tim got a toy. I had the Timmy toy. Justice for Lex, really, is what we're saying. Yeah, I, I, we are, and I think that they should make one like for Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. Like, have like a retro line. Yeah, like a like Star Wars is their like legacy collection. Yeah, give Lex a toy. I mean, it's time. It was weird that Timmy had one and she didn't. It felt incomplete. Well, I mean, that was just sexism. (laughs) Sexism. I had the Ellie toy. I had the Muldoon. Had the Malcolm for sure, with I believe a disconnectable jacket. And then, of course, yes. the toy that I really focus on the most because there was a a little saga without him was my Alan Grant toy. Oh yes, because I had my full set. I played with them all the time. I relived Jurassic Park. I would have them go on their own certain quests. I remember playing a lot in my grandmother's basement in Salem, New Hampshire, in the just dark, damp basement, Jurassic Park toys with me all the time. And I lost Alan. And I'd forgotten how I lost him until I found, until he was returned to me. Next to my grandparents' house, there was this family uh, that were known as the Camaradas. The Camaradas grew up next to the Bramantes, there were just two families that always just lived next door. The Camaradas' children were of a much... They were older than me and my sister, like halfway between me and my sister and my parents was what their children' age was. And so they were having like beer parties and like that sort of thing when I was playing with Jurassic Park toys. They had a sand volleyball court set up and they'd play in it all the time. And one time when they weren't, I played in it alone and had a Jurassic Park time. And then later, uh, I realized my Alan Grant was missing. And he was missing forever. And I remember asking, I believe, she might, she might have a different memory than this, but I believe I asked my mom to have another one. And she told me I couldn't. Because I lost it. It was like a you were irresponsible and lost a toy and you're not going to just get another one. You lost it. You had it. You got them all and you lost that one. So he's gone now. So Alan was just not a toy I played with for a very long time. And, and that was hard to deal with because Alan was so important and such a cool toy to have. I think that there were some kind of cross-fandom adventures I would have with my hook toys. Because those were pretty good. Oh, uh, did you ever Land of the Lost? It was it was like a '60s TV show, but then they made one in the '90s, and it was on Saturday mornings. Oh, I, yeah, I did see that. I had the like, um, I had the cabin, yeah, like the treehouse. I had yes. that toy. 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, like it came with like a thing where like ro- you could dump out rocks at the bottom so you could like have it fall on people. <gasps> there was like a hammer like that you could like roll up and then it would just go whoosh, when you'd like let it, you'd like that's so unclip cool. it. Yeah. What's weird is I didn't have any Land of the Lost action, action figures, figures or <sighs> dinosaurs. I just had the treehouse place. Oh, no. Set. So did you have to take like action figures from other? Well, I used all my Jurassic Park figures. Oh, okay. But yeah, people? Yeah. Did you have like little people that you could use? Yeah, I like the, the Jurassic Park f- people. Oh, you had Jurassic Park yeah, people yeah, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. You know, I never had any licensed Jurassic Park toys. Hmm. Some, another thing to be resentful about. <laughs> Mom, why didn't she give me Jurassic Park action figures? I spent most of my adult life being upset that I didn't have the firehouse from Ghostbusters or a real proton pack. So that's usually where my um, childhood toy resentment is hard focused. Um, but now I can think about how I never had like the the little Jeep either, which I thought was really cool. I was very spoiled. I had the, Did you have the Jeep? I had the Ghostbusters and the Jurassic Park Jeep. Steven, you had both? You had the visitor center? That's so cool. I'm a monster. (laughs) You you are. Uh, I did have a My Little Pony house, though, which was one of the nicest things that I had. Um, And I did cry when I got that. I, like, walked downstairs. I don't know if it was, like, my birthday or it was some special occasion. And I walked downstairs to my playroom because I had a playroom off the kitchen. And it was all set up in there. And I was just like... I like immediately started crying. My mom loves the story because I like ran up to their bedroom because they were still asleep and like crying and thanking them. She's like, it felt great because it was really hard to put together. <laughs> and then you put your dinosaur toys in it as well. Yeah, 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 exactly. It was just like my little ponies existing with dinosaurs. I mean, why not? If you're going to have talking ponies. I know. It's funny. I, I think Kumel did a bit about where he like wouldn't want to mix any of his toys as a kid. So it's yeah. like Ninja Turtle stayed over here. And then but I was oh. never like my aliens got in the mix with Jurassic <laughs> Park, Star Wars, even uh, when the characters are like different sizes. Yeah. I never mixed uh, my Barbies. My Barbies were always like if we're playing Barbies, we're playing Barbies. You mixed them. I did. And they need and, you know, the the looked nothing like Robin Williams hook figures kind of stepped into the situation because of course, you know, I had, you know, Ellie and Ian were definitely kind of the charge leaders of the toys. And then I had my, the Raptor whose like legs you could squeeze and its hands would move and it would make the the Raptor noise. I had the Jeep and my sister and I both had them because she also loved Jurassic Park. That was something that we shared together. But later I was at my grandmother's house and there was a knock on the door and it was Michael Camerata and he was holding, all of his friends were out on the volleyball court, and he was holding a sand-covered Alan Grant. And he gave it to my grandmother, and that is what happened to him. Because as it turns out, uh, you know, Grant is like me. He's a digger. <laughs> that had all been setting up for that moment. <laughs> and that was so beautiful. You could just hear a pin drop. It was just like... And when I was a kid, I, I think I mentioned that I had a stuffed triceratops, and that was my favorite dinosaur. I just loved that they were kind of portrayed as like docile because they were, um, you know, they were herbivores, and they were just seen as these very calm, kind of just relaxed dinosaurs that just wanted to eat leaves and have a, have a nice time. And I, I just loved how peaceful they were. Um, but, you know... 
the larger dinosaurs, obviously, as I got older, had more majesty. They were they were so much more interesting because I could comprehend them um, a little bit differently than I had when I was a kid. So I was able to look at them as something, okay, so these existed and then they were extinct. So they became these almost like mythical creatures in my head as I learned more about them. And it it's cool to kind of like learn more and develop new interests in it because it, there's always something happening in that field, I think. And, and I think that's what makes it so interesting some of the time. Like that movie came out just like it was dinosaur fever. I had a lot of friends who had the toys. Um, and I remember playing with like the, like the big, do you remember the T-Rex one that yeah, came yeah. out? The big one. I just remember like playing with my Barbies with that and like they go on adventures and have fun. Um, I think there's a funny story when I was a kid, I think it was when the lost world was out or shortly after the lost world was in, in theaters and I had my uh, Red Rex from Jurassic Park, the Kenner Red Rex, mm-hmm. and um, I would carry it around with me everywhere. I really liked that toy. And there was a, a gas station in the bottom of my street, uh, you know, because my street was like a little suburb street, but it hit like one of the little main outlets. So there's a tiny little gas station there. And I had walked down there with my Red Rex. I think I was with my, yeah, I was with my mom and uh, the the attendant, she, you know, she was like, oh, I love the T-Rex and everything like that. You know, oh, do you like it? Do you bring them everywhere? I'm like, yeah, you know, I treat them like a dog. And for me, that was like a compliment. Like, I treat them like a pet, not knowing that I treat them like a dog is, you know, something that people would say about something that they don't treat well. Uh, so that was something that always stuck with me because of everyone's reaction just cracking up and I kind of figured out that that was a phrase that people used uh, differently. You know, I don't think I actually had any of the Jurassic Park toys, but I remember getting so many of the Lost World toys. I had like the Triceratops, not the Triceratops, sorry, the Stegosaurus that had that little cage on its tail. I had the Ian Malcolm hang glider, which I lost at a, at a park one day, and that, that wrecked me as well. Um, I had the Pachycephalosaur that had like the headbutt action thing. So I had a lot of the uh, Lost World toys, but none of the Jurassic Park ones, unfortunately. No, I mean, I mean, Lost World definitely was the was the movie that I was definitely like most present for the entire like run of the thing. Like, you know, for the marketing and the trailers and then the release and the toys like that was my movie, you know, whereas Jurassic Park, I was a little too young to sort of right. have knowledge or anticipate it beforehand. The Lost World was the movie where it was like, oh, my gosh, another movie with dinosaurs. There was something about the Lost World toys that just felt, I don't know, like it felt so special to me. Like it felt more Jurassic Park than the first Jurassic Park movie at the time when I was a kid. Like, when the Lost World first came out, I didn't want to do anything except for watch that DVD or blew out the VHS, sorry, and just play with my hang gliding Ian Malcolm, have him fly over the uh, the dinosaurs as you know as a kid, and like that became my reality for like a good three four years before Jurassic Park 3 came out and then after that it was all back to the same cycle like I don't want to watch Jurassic Park or Lost World anymore I just want to watch Jurassic Park 3 you know like there's something about the toys that like they transport you as well and make you feel like a kid even with the Jurassic World toys when they came out like I I got one of them I was like I feel like a kid again this is so special it's like a special moment I kind of want to take my dad to like toys just like your toy dad buy me this toy please you know it's like just for old time's sake.
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You know, for me, I've, I got presents on my birthday in October, um, not as much, but then when Christmas came around, and I, I will say, like, still to this day, Christmas 1993 was the best Christmas ever, you know? I don't think you can beat that. It it was just the perfect time, you know, because like I said, it, it came out in June, and you had that time, and all the toys were out, and it, it was just, it was incredible. And I, I do have the footage still of, like, me opening these presents, and it's just it's such a like a flashback to that time and those toys and playing with those toys and everything and just seeing the excitement on my face like i said about the movie i don't remember opening these things firsthand but watching them i'm like man the excitement on that kid's face as he's opening those toys he being me but like he is so excited to see the red rex you know in its box brand new with both arms <laughs> like it's so funny. Now it's so battle-worn and torn. It's like the amount of stuff that it's gone through since that day is incredible. And it's it's awesome to look back on those things. Like I, I got the the Red Rex. I remember opening that there in the in the video. Roar! 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 The Triceratops. Oh, cool. It pops his head up. His head in attack. Cool. I think I got the uh, explore. Like I got a lot. I I, I gotta say I was like very. <laughs> More dinosaurs. I don't know. It was it was great that my parents got me all this stuff. I, I'm very like you know happy about that, that I was able to have those toys and they were able to buy them for me. I know not everybody is is able to do that, but I was so you know grateful for that. I grew up in like a household where like um, so I didn't really have TV or anything. So my parents didn't really indulge me in like pop culture, like collectibles and stuff they've basically made me into the monster i am today it's their fault because of this um i now own like everything like all pop culture memorabilia um but yeah so like i had like dinosaurs and things but it was like stuff that i got from like thrift stores and like other places and i just kind of made up like this whole you know 
I had this whole menagerie of just like dinosaurs that I collected of all different shapes and sizes. And none of them were accurate. Like, you know, like the, the like Brachiosaurus would be like a bajillion times taller than like the T-Rex. The T-Rex would come up to like the Brachiosaurus is like ankle. And I'm like, "Mm -hmm, yes, this is accurate. Um, So I, I didn't have anything officially Jurassic Park growing up. It's the very long, short answer. Did you have any of the toys? That is actually a great question. I'm trying. I feel like I did, but I think that's my imagination. I think that I didn't, but I wanted the toys so badly that I pretended. Or my parents got me just dinosaur toys because they're so practical. They're probably just like the dollar store has. <laughs> Like these knockoff velociraptors, so we'll just give you those instead of getting like official merchandised dinosaurs. There's like the bucket of dinosaurs. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, you can paint them yourself. I feel like that is a common thing though, that like bucket of animals, but it's the bucket of dinosaurs. Yeah. Or the tube, right? There's like a tube, like a bunch of dinosaurs just thrown into a tube very unceremoniously. I mean, it is like the can of DNA, you know? <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, exactly. But like a ton of it. <laughs> Nedry's like, here, here's all the little dinosaurs. He just hands them out one by one. Yeah. You get a dinosaur. You get a dinosaur. And Dotson's like, these are toys. These are these are plastic. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing we can do with these. Oh, I had some of the Jurassic Park toys, but not a lot. Um we grew up kind of poor, so we couldn't always afford, like, the name brand stuff. But I did get some of the ones I really, really wanted for Hanukkah. So um, I think you've uh, put it up before, but you have to have no- know what I'm talking about. It's the one where um, the bites would come out of the little the plastic dinosaur, um, and you could see, like, the rib and, like, their, their muscles, like, inside. Um, those were, like one of my favorites and I thought they were so cool and so realistic um and I didn't have um you know obviously a lot of these toys I had maybe two of those um and I had the click the figurine where you um you could set up the outside perimeter like the fence um and as um I got older I ended up um dating someone who had all of the Jurassic Park toys and was keeping them in his attic. And I, I mentioned to him like, Oh, you, you know, I never got to play with too many when I was a kid. Um, I only had a few and he was like, Oh, hang on a second. And he came down with two boxes and he had everything. And he was like instantly being a kid again, because I, I was like remembering all of these things that I wanted, but never got to play with like some of the alternate colors they came out with for the raptors. And I never really got to play around with them, but here I was a grown adult sitting on a bedroom floor, pouring over two boxes of Jurassic Park toys that are over 15 years old and having the best time of my life. (laughs) It was great. Uh, It was just incredible to get all that stuff. And, And I actually got a lot of star Wars stuff. So that same year, Nothing has changed for me in 2017. Like, I, if you ask me now, what do I want for Christmas? Hey, give me some Star Wars stuff, some some Jurassic stuff. I'll be good. <laughs> no different. It, and it's so funny. It all comes back around. It really does. It's kind of sad, but awesome. Like, <laughs> it's it's a very like life flash before your eyes kind of moment. It is, man. It's so weird. And to think that like. These dinosaurs, these toys still exist right here next to me. Like, I can hold them in my hand still. And then I can look at that video and be like, this is the same one. Like, 
like I said, it's been through a lot. My my Red Rex no longer has arms. I couldn't tell you. Like, that's one of those things, like, where are they? What, like, do they still exist? Like, <laughs> it's kind of like boggling my mind. I'm sad about it. It's like to the end of Toy Story 3, you know, you watch those toys go towards that incinerator and you, you feel something so sad and so real that, you know, you don't know where all your toys have ended up and, and, you know, maybe it's just the arms or maybe it's the entire vehicle or, you know, a certain character. I remember I had a Roland Tembo character and he was my uh, – or a toy. He was my favorite, like, human toy. He's such a badass design on his toy. He's got this, like, lizard skin vest. Um, he's got, like, these sweet gloves, awesome hat, more like a uh, Muldoon kind of hat. <laughs> it, very different than than the uh, the character in the movie. Oh, yeah. He's very, sweet, like – Sweet, like – He's very like bone necklace. Yeah, he's very like crocodile Dundee on like yeah, ex- exactly. On acid. I remember I I lost him in my backyard, and I think I filled in a hole in the ground, and I think about him to this day. No joke. I think like it just crosses my mind every now and then. I'll because I have the I I rebought it, you know, in in recent years. So I have I have one sitting here, and every time I look at it, I'm like. Where's mine? Like, is it just rotting in the ground? Have bugs eaten at it? Has it destroyed? Or I, I don't know. Is it's probably just sitting there still, just covered in dirt. Mm-hmm. I weirdly kept all like the packaging for my toys, but then I would fuck them all up. Oh yeah, I kept all of the uh, cardboard that the My Little Ponies were attached to because it was like shrink wrapped plastic, or not shrink wrap, vacuum sealed plastic on cardboard, and then the cardboard would hang up on the hook at like. Toys R Us or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like action figures. Yeah. Um, not boxes like Barbie had. Um, so I would, you know, tear off the plastic and then I would keep the cardboard because the cardboard had all of the names of the My Little Ponies that were a part of that set. So if it was like Glitter Fun Ponies or like Fairy Tale Ponies or uh, Magical Hair Ponies, like I had to keep the cardboard so I could like collect them. And then also each, they had a little story about them on the back. And so I wanted to like remember what their story was. Yeah, I weirdly regret um, throwing those away for all my toys rather than because like every once in a while I'll go to my dad's house, dig in the attic, dig out another piece of, you know, Jurassic Park ephemera or dinosaur or Star Wars thing or whatever. But I'm kind of content to let all that stuff lie in the box for the most part because I messed it up so much. Oh, that it like hurts you to see it. Exactly. (laughs) Because now I'm such the opposite. So that it's like to see like. You know, I like my Dilophosaurus has like red paint on it, you know, oh, and like yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. So it's like now it's like I'd rather just buy a new like a new if I got extra money to just buy. Like, yeah, like find it on eBay or whatever. Yeah. And like, yeah, that way you can disp- have a display version. Yeah. But you were a kid that played with your toys. You got them in the sand. You, oh, yeah. you like you, you mucked it up. You like got them dirty. You weren't keeping the packages or anything like that. No, definitely not. I would rip the packages off, throw them away, keep the things that came with it. If there was an action, if there was like a trading card or even their like little accessories, I would keep track of the ones that I felt like were useful and fun. <laughs> but if there were some that just seemed kind of cumbersome, they vanished. Timmy's like his like uh, noose that he came yeah. with. Yeah, what was that? And didn't Tim have some kind of inaccurate like 
clothing. Well, I liked Tim's uh, alternate Jurassic Park costume where it was, oh, I'd love for somebody to do take stills from the movies yeah. and, and make the costumes look like they did on the toys. Cause it was oh, like, yeah. he had like jean shorts and then mm-hmm. like a white shirt. Mm-hmm. And I think he had like a holster of like, I don't know if it was bullets or right. You know, they're all the dress work toys are always much more weaponized too. Yes. Yes, they were <laughs> like Grant had the, um, the, Oh, the net did not survive. I don't, no. that, that no. was pretty much gone instantly, but it was the net launcher. Mm-hmm. And then he had like the little grenades as well too. Yeah. Like things the big that grenades. he for sure did not use. Yeah. They really weaponize them. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ellie had the, um, she had the, uh, hook launcher. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what did, what did Grant have? Or, uh, what did, uh, Malcolm had in the lost world toy line? He had the rocket launcher that had the like hook come out, but mm-hmm. I don't remember. I what... didn't have as many lost world toys now that I look back on it. I mean, I have more, I have more surviving lost world toys, I think, because that was probably my peak Jurassic Park fandom because okay. like anticipating it and stuff. It had settled in. Although I never did get like any of the big lost world toys. I never actually had any of the big Rexes now that I remember. Yeah. Like I had the visitor center, which I feel like was peak mm-hmm. like Jurassic yeah. Park toy, mm-hmm. but I never really did have like the giant Rex. I didn't have the bull T-Rex from the lost world stuff where you could, where it like swallowed a character what? and then you could like pull it out of its stomach. I did not have that. Yeah. I definitely had the T-Rex from the first one with the, what you said, dino damage. Yeah. That yeah. was his little like piece well, the, of flat flesh you could pull off. Yeah. There was the red Rex and then there was the junior Rex, mm-hmm. which was like the nod to the novels because yep. there was two T-Rexes in the Jurassic yep. Park novel. Yep. Um, and it had the dino damage and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's what they were called, the dino damage. It's pretty traumatizing. I don't know. If, like so you could just like rip away. That's so formative. Yeah, you're right. I can see the, ins- I can see animal guts. Um, gross. <laughs> just like oh huh this is this is really dark cool i guess i'm into this now (laughs) i guess i just aged five years by playing with this toy yeah right you're like i've learned things about the world (laughs) i I know so much now i'm wizened you come out of the room you have like gray hair your mom just like looks at you (laughs) be okay yeah mom i'm fine dino damage (laughs) dino damage just muttering under your breath um yeah, I remember, I don't know if you did this either, but I would actually set up a Jurassic Park. So I because I had the fences from the visitor center, yeah. and then I would take other stuff and make like roads and stuff. Like my before my grandma moved in with my mom, um, there was just an empty office. And so like one morning I set up a Jurassic park. Like I had the gates, the visitor center. And then I used like assorted like power Rangers toys and right. aliens. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had some, I was like, speaking of Roland Emmerich, I had a Godzilla, a couple Godzilla toys and they would have been at the park. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Congo and stuff like that. And uh, land of the lost was another big, yep. was another big, I had the treehouse, the land of the lost, like television show. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I had the toys for that. There was the car, the station wagon, was it Steve Gutenberg? I forget who yeah. was in it. All I remember was that the opening, that the transport happened with a garage door opener, yes? Yeah, Land of the Lost. Because uh, it wasn't the original Land of the Lost. No, not from the not from the 70s. That's a really good name, Land of the Lost. Yeah. Great. Um, 
But uh, no, I'd like set up like a full Jurassic Park where I could have like the cars go down the aisles like, oh, here. I mean, it seemed like a much more crowded version of Jurassic Park where like a more like a, you know, like down the line here, all the different cages with animals. Right. I mean, you only have so much space. Yeah. But I also went outside and brought twigs and branches and like. Okay. So you really gave a full environment. Yeah. But I what were the they toys. doing? Were they on the tour, or were you kind of reliving the film? That's a good question. And the like, the thing that people have noticed about the Fan Fiction Friday segments of mm-hmm. the podcast is that it's really just me referencing all the toys that I was playing. Yeah, with, where yeah. it's like very accurate descriptions of like Ian Malcolm's hang glider from the Lost World. Like, so I feel like maybe Malcolm's if, hang glider. Yeah, you know Which that scene. Never, yeah, the scene where. <laughs> That scene where Malcolm had a hang glider. Um, he had to because he had to get up there because uh, Grant's grenade launcher was not doing the job. Yeah, exactly. And then forget it with Ellie and the harpoon or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. But remember that scene where Ellie harpooned and then Malcolm on his glider caught it and then she like rode through like a field of raptors and was like kicking all of them. I do remember that scene. Um, and I enjoyed it. But uh no, but if anything, maybe that gives me some insight to what I was doing as a kid, but I'm not sure. Like, I don't remember. I just remember, yeah. I remember the picture in my head of yeah. this moment happening. Cause I don't know if that was like you as a kid, like playing with your toys where it was almost like, it was almost like more time was spent setting them up. Mm-hmm. And I remember that much more of like being a kid and like maybe the TV was on or, or like, or like the radio is on or something and I'm just like meticulously setting up all my, the figures. All right. These characters are standing guard over here. Oh, I don't know why, uh, like rat trap and Optimus prime from beast wars are hanging out with Alan Grant and Ellie. Like, but like yeah. to me, I remember the setting up of this and yeah. then when the shit hits the fan and you start like playing or whatever, mm-hmm. like I don't remember what the actual stories were or like what was happening. Yeah. A lot of mashing against each other. Yeah. You know, what's the, I don't know what the term is when you give like life to a toy or something like that. You, um, I kind of do that. You know, I, I have the Toy Story syndrome where like I feel like they get up and talk and, and have their own adventures when I'm out of the room. So I, I wonder about that guy. I'm like, where where is he now? It's kind of sad. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, you're, I mean, you're imbuing those, the, those toys have a soul in a way. And, and, and I like what you said about that. And I I haven't really thought about that because I'm not really somebody who names inanimate objects or anything, but, um, yeah, it's like, like you're saying when you, when you see this toy that you had and you can actually trace it back to this photo or this video, it's like, it's everything else that has happened to you from then to now also is sort of part of that continue, like part of that conversation that's going on in your brain, even if it's subconscious or not, um, and you're like, yeah, why, why is my Dilophosaurus toy covered in red paint? Like, when did I do that? <laughs> like, why, why are Ellie's, uh, uh, why are Dr. Sattler's legs so much more floopy than like my Ian Malcolm figure? Or like, why do I, why is there in the flesh of the junior T-Rex toy? Like, why is like, I know as a kid, I somehow like took a paper clip and like poked holes in it. But it was like, why did I do that? Like what, where was my brain at? (laughs) What was I trying to do? What was I trying to accomplish? Like all that stuff comes back. And then you just sort of, maybe you remember, you know, playing with those toys before you had to go to little league and you hated it. You know, I'm talking about myself. Yeah. Uh, you know, I hated (laughs) being in little league and I just dreamed about playing with dinosaurs all day. It's like, 
I don't know. It's so weird, like having that direct contact. I definitely remember the tactile sensation of futzing with the mouth of the T-Rex. Because it was like, they were very, like, like flesh-like. I don't know if that's a strange way to say that. But it's like, you know, previous dinosaur toys were either really hard plastic. Yes. That's kind of these the iconic. Were, yeah. That's like, that was like the iconic kids toy was like the plastic dinosaur. Mm-hmm. And these were moldable. You could the you could move the tail, you could move the body. They were rubbery. You could move the mouth. You could Yeah, they were they were I think at the time they were kind of revolutionary as far yeah. as, as dinosaur toys go. Oh, absolutely. So I'll just give you a little brief history of the Jurassic Park toys. I want to say up top that this breakdown is not comprehensive. I really urge you if you're curious to go to JP Toys com to really dive into the minutia of the toys and seeing the photos and everything like that. I just kind of want to give you an overall taste of the history of the Jurassic Park toys. So the uh, original company that had the license was Kenner, and they were founded in 1947 by three brothers, Albert Philip and Joseph L. Steiner in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, and the company was named after the street where the original corporate offices were located. So they at some point in the 70s, um, merged with uh, General Mills. And what really set Kenner off was getting the rights to produce the Star Wars action figures, which was a huge deal. And obviously we know the rest is history. And what I didn't know was that Tonka, including Kenner, were purchased by Hasbro in mid-1991, which I didn't know that because I always, I think a lot, I mean, I always assumed that the original Jurassic Park toy lines were Kenner. And so maybe it was the name thing, but then the actual Hasbro name took over uh, for the Lost World toys. And so um, there was a few toy lines for Jurassic Park for the original Jurassic Park movies. Um, there were Series 1 and Series 2. And um, uh, again, these uh, toys were known for being very, you know, instead of the hard plastic dinosaur, it was the sort of fleshy, uh, the dino damage gimmick. Um and the figures in the original line were Alan Grant, Ellie Sattler, Tim Murphy, Robert Muldoon, and Dennis Nedry. And the dinosaurs were the uh, famous Red Rex, the Dimetrodon, the Dilophosaurus, the Velociraptor, um, the Coelophysis 2-pack, the Pteranodon, not a dinosaur, the Young T-Rex, the Stegosaurus, um, the Electronic Raptor, and the Electronic Dilophosaurus. And also the vehicles were the Jungle Explorer, the Bush Devil Tracker, um, which kind of looks like the Jeep Wrangler, um, the Capture Copter, and the Command Compound, a.k.a. the Visitor Center. Um, And again, this set did not have a Lex figure. So Series 2 basically had a lot of the same – had a lot of the same figures – uh, but with just new costumes. So it's Dennis Nedry, Ellie Sattler, Alan Grant, Robert Muldoon, um, Tim Murphy, and this time with Ian Malcolm as well. Um, they also had the Dino Trackers, which were three characters that were not in the movies, and as well as their counterparts, the Evil Raiders. So the Dino Trackers were Harpoon Harrison, Jaws Jackson, Sergeant T-Rex Turner, and the evil raiders were Dr. Snare, Scrap Davis, and Skinner. Um, and the additional dinosaurs were um, 
Again, like some repaints of the Dilophosaurus and Velociraptor, but the Scotosaurus, the Estromenosuchus, the Ornosuchus, and a Gulper T-Rex were all actually canceled for unknown reasons. Now moving on to the Lost World Jurassic Park toys, they were also still produced by Kenner, which I didn't I didn't realize when the actual changeover happened, but I guess it's like a sub-company thing. The uh, Lost World toy line came with a Roland Tembo figure, or the Series 1, I should say, came with a Roland Tembo figure, an Ian Malcolm figure, an Eddie Carr figure, um, a Nick Van Owen figure, um, Sarah Harding, Peter Ludlow, and Dieter Stark. The dinosaurs included a Velociraptor, a young Pachycephalosaurus, the Cyclops Raptor, um, an electronic Snapjaw Raptor, uh, an electronic Parasaurolophus, uh, an electronic Chasmosaurus, a Pteranodon, and a bigger Pachycephalosaurus, uh, a Stegosaurus, a Carnotaurus, a Bull T-Rex, and a Thrasher T-Rex. There was also the electronic Spinosaurus, the Junior T-Rex, the Young Triceratops, and a Dilophosaurus repaint um, amongst, uh, amongst these toys. Now, the Lost World toy line also had tons of vehicles. It had also had Ian Malcolm in a hang glider. Um, it had a high hide with an uh, exclusive Nick Van Owen figure. Um, there was also a, uh, a Roland Temba figure that came with a um, with like a trike bike. Um, there was also Carter from the Lost World who had a motorcycle that broke in half. There was also the Ground Tracker vehicle. There was the Net Trapper vehicle. There was the Humvee. There was the Dino Damage Medical Center, uh, which came with an Allosaurus, and it was like a little hospital setup, kind of like in the film with the Junior Rex. And then there was also the Mobile Command Center, which was the the, the big daddy of it all with the big trailer and everything like that, um, which is why... Um, just overall, the Lost World toy line was a huge success. Now, in 98, they released the Jurassic Park Chaos Effect line, which sort of was a precursor to the hybrid of Jurassic World, where it was just each dinosaur was this neon candy-colored 90s, uh, uh, you know, and the two figures, Ian Malcolm and Roland Tembo, were just, like, straight out of, like, the Matrix, but, like, or... or um or a Pacific Rim or just something like out of an anime or something like that. Um, and there actually was going to be a TV series, but uh, that never panned out. And then in 2001, Hasbro created the Jurassic Park 3 toy line, uh, which included uh, two Dr. Grants, um, Billy Brennan, Paul Kirby, Amanda Kirby, Eric Kirby, a military general and a military diver. Um, the dinosaurs included a Tyrannosaurus Rex, a Brachiosaurus, a Pteranodon, an Alphoraptor, a Spinosaurus, a Triceratops, um, another Pachraptor, um, an Aquaspinosaurus, um, a Tapajara, which is like another uh, flying reptile, an Alpha Pteranodon, an Ultra Tyrannosaurus Rex, an Animatronic Spino, um, and um, that was the thing with the um, with the Jurassic Park three toy line is that the uh, humans were scaled down, um, which just you know compatibility issues. You know if you were, uh, you know if you wanted to have your Jurassic Park and your Lost World figures play with your Jurassic Park three figures, so Hasbro received criticisms because of that. So in between Jurassic Park three 
and Jurassic World. There were various Jurassic Park toy lines, but mostly they were just a lot of repaints and repackaging of previous Jurassic Park toys. And that's when we get to Jurassic World, um, you know, 2015. Uh, the dinosaurs included an Allosaurus, an Ankylosaurus, a Pachycephalosaurus, a Spinosaurus, and the second hybrid, the Stegoceratops. There was also a T-Rex. There was two variations on the Indominus Rex. There was all four raptors, Charlie, Delta, Echo, and Blue. But obviously there was some controversies. They've gotten strange since. Like sometimes I pass through the... Um Sometimes I pass through the Target toy section to see what they've got, just to see what's going on. And the Jurassic section has gotten kind of like neon and away from even what is in the films. I mean, there was a lot of controversy because... So Kenner had the rights, did Jurassic Park. Then Hasbro bought Kenner, and they put out the Lost World toys. And then they did the Jurassic World toy line which was heavily criticized for many good reasons, including referring to all the dinosaurs as male. Um, Fools. And it wasn't until they made the the Owen Grady on a motorcycle with blue pack mm-hmm. that they actually made a, a, a human character, but it really was an afterthought or sort of um, kind of like what happened with Frozen where people didn't think it was going to be as big, so they didn't really, they didn't really think to put any energy into the merchandising of Mm -hmm. it so which is funny to think because jurassic park is such a merchandise like i was just thinking this jurassic park is the only movie it's the only movie franchise where you see toys of the movie are in the movie yeah exactly and you're selling it you're You're selling selling it it. yeah it's the it's the only (laughs) movie where the logo is in the movie itself yeah um oh except for ghostbusters which somebody pointed out to me they sell ghostbusters stuff well on the well the logo of the ghostbusters is in the movie the logo Mm -hmm. of the movie is in the movie um, yes, it is. But um, yeah, I love that about it. No, no, I, I like that detail too. But and it's just, it's just funny that that Hasbro, during their Jurassic World run, just really missed the mark so much that they lost the license for it. And then Mattel has Mattel? taken over. Okay, and has maintained it. Well, they it's to be seen. Who's so gonna we're gonna find for, out for with Fallen Kingdom. Yes, we're gonna find out if uh, Fallen Kingdom Fallen Kingdom is gonna be their first run at. Jurassic Park merchandise. Ooh. So remains to be seen what Mattel's going to do with the license. Well, I'm getting an Ian Malcolm. But, I mean, at this point, it's it's better. It's Some people are like, oh, well, it's changing. Hasbro has always done it, you know, before, you know, and then Kenner was owned by Hasbro. But it's like, if something is bad, let's change it. And mm-hmm. so I welcome the change of hand because at this yeah, point, absolutely. they're up for the challenge. I think Mattel is up for the challenge of making good Jurassic Park toys as opposed to, oh, we're just going to phone it in and not even think about it at all. Because ultimately, merchandise doesn't think that hard about it, but they can at least get some of the basic details right. They can at least be allowing the kids who are coming up on Jurassic World now to have the experiences that we had and be drawn to dinosaurs to do that with. I think the memories like created from these toys uh, really like continued my fandom in ways that I, I don't know if it would be the same if I didn't have them. You know, my fandom, I don't know if it would be the same today. Um, I think, uh, I don't know, I, I just think like they helped me continue my love for the franchise and continue to build stories because when you're playing, you're not just, you know, just crashing them into each other and just <laughs> doing this stuff and throwing them across the room or just making them talk. You're you're actually like 
living these scenarios through them. And like I'm making my Ian Malcolm with his glider pack fly around my room as if he's like really flying over Jurassic Park and creating – I'm creating that story. You know, it, it lives in my head. And, you know, when I was a kid, I don't remember these things now. But like it's just funny how that stuff like continues your fandom in ways that you didn't expect. Because that's the thing you asked earlier. I was like, am I playing the st- – am I just retelling Jurassic Park in toy form or am I telling my own story? Yeah. And I'm like – I kind of feel like I'm, I was always telling my own story. Definitely. I mean, it was like a, it was like a remix, you know, chopped and screwed, put together version of what we watched on screen. But I feel like mm-hmm. we kind of let our imaginations kind of just fill in the blanks. And it's funny today we have like, we almost have fans making these movies and, and doing stuff like that. So in a way it's like, these stories are coming to life. Like when you're a kid, I'm sure at some point I had a story where the volcano is going to explode and we have to get these dinosaurs out of here. You know, we have to hurry up and I'm taking all my vehicles and trying to get these dinosaurs out or, you know, I I don't know, stuff like that happened. And now it's coming to life in ways that you didn't expect. And, you know, you always had the crazy, you know, the most vicious dinosaur around. And <laughs> now we have the Indominus Rex, you know, we have that to look you know, forward to. You had them, we had motorcycles that we would put these characters on and run through the forest with the Velociraptors. Like it's, it's, it's come to life. Like the, what we wanted as kids is here, like in the movies. And I think that's the best part. And that's why it appeals to such a wide audience. So then do you, um, do you still uh, collect toys? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not like feverishly buying stuff on eBay or anything, but, uh, you know, I'll come across like periods of time where I'm like, all right, I need to get a few things. I need to up- upgrade my shelf here, or, you know, but I do have a lot of my stuff. I don't have everything. I don't have all the collectibles out on display, but like I, I decided recently, like I'm going to put all those away and I'm just going to display my toys. So I do, I have them all out here in my like studio here and I just I just like looking at them. I, there's you know, nothing. They're not doing anything. They're just sitting there. Aside from when I get out of the room, when I leave the room, dude, they're partying. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. But for now, nothing's happening. And <laughs> um, I, I I do like collecting every now and then. But it's it's a it's an expensive hobby. And I follow guys. You know, Ted Brothers is a guy that like uh, is on the podcast from time to time. Jay Jurassic. Those two are pretty nuts with their where they're collecting and. I, I see on their Instagrams like every other day there's like new toys coming in and so I'm not I'm not to their level of of you know collecting but I do like to do that from time to time still. So I mostly get Star Wars ones and then beyond that hmm not as regularly. Yeah. In there's this, there was a store in Sherman Oaks called Big Kid that had just classic toys. And I would go to their like one dollar bin to find, you know, toys that had been forgotten, and in that process found some angel figures. Oh. I have a one-footed Wesley Wyndham Price that I've discovered there, who I recently he like came with a Tommy gun that was not his. I think it was like someone had it and like wedged a Tommy gun in his hands, and I recently threw out the Tommy gun, and so oh. now he's just the one-foot Wes. But yes, so I do, but not as. Much as I did in, say, college. In college, it was like, I'm getting toys. Yeah. I'm going to a con, and I'm getting toys. Yeah. Now, I'm a little more careful because I don't want to um, 
amass too many more things. <laughs> I'm quite an amasser. Yeah. The only thing I got for Jurassic World was the raptor puppet that was going to be used in the Jurassic World video that we made. It was ultimately not. <laughs> it's got cut for budget reasons. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, I for Jurassic World, yeah. I, I ended up getting a couple of the dinosaurs because I think Hasbro did do a good job with a couple of the dinosaurs, but um, it really wasn't something that I wanted to invest heavily in. Yeah. Do you still collect toys? I mean, I do, but I'm also, again, it, it almost feels like I just want to, just almost for practical space reasons, and because I almost feel like I don't have a, I don't necessarily have a space in my life to enjoy them in the same way that I was as a kid. If anything, yeah. I'm like you were, I kind of like going, even when I was just in um, Toronto recently, um, as listeners know, uh, and I was hanging out with Stephanie Cook, who's been a guest a bunch. Um, we went to this like nerdy thrift store, toy store kind of place. The shop that Stephanie took me to is GameSwap in Toronto in the neighborhood of Greektown. Now, of course, I was like started rooting around in the dirt, mm-hmm. uh, in the sand, yep. uh, in yeah. the bins and stuff. Yeah. I was like, I got to find something Jurassic Park related. Yeah. There Now it's like we're more selective, but we're finding ways that we can still engage with our imagination but not necessarily need the idea to just own everything. You know, I don't need to get every costume variant of something. No, definitely not. It's like, no, in my own space, I mean, I have toys quite everywhere. I mean, if I look behind me, there's a Harry Potter snow globe, Loki from Dogma, Kaylee from Firefly, the Game of Thrones throne, a little R2-D2, and that's just out here. But it's like, you know, I won't go on and on and on, but even just as I in my own living room where we are right now, spoiler alert, turned and looked, I mean, I have those. Yeah. And my bathroom is full of bobbleheads. I like bobbleheads. Yeah. Because they're just so silly. And they're just so placeable. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, Luce, who is on the Dinosaurs episode, she just has kind of dinosaurs everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of the same way. We're like, it's not necessarily Jurassic Park, but I kind of like getting into my car and seeing a Parasaurolophus. And I kind of like going to my bathroom, you know, like. Yeah, you want to be reminded. I have Pascal from Rapunzel or from Tangled in my car. Omar gave it to me. But yeah, no, exactly. I was thinking of getting more dinosaur wall art. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, we've mostly been talking about toys, but that's because this episode comes out on Christmas. But yes. Yeah, I, I, uh, that's my way of tying it. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> that's my way of tying it all together. Mm-hmm. God bless you. And one of the things I've been doing recently, actually, is um, I, I kind of do search Facebook all the time. I don't use Facebook aside from like going on this marketplace that they have on there. And I'll just type in like Jurassic or I'll type in dinosaurs. And I'll just see what's available, like what's around me that's for sale. And it's funny because a lot of people, a lot of parents or whoever are just getting rid of these things that they just don't know what they have in a way. Like they just don't understand what these things are. And you can pick up a lot of great stuff on there. And uh, I've been doing that recently, getting like bundles of of toys. Like it's been a while since I got one, but one bundle I got like the um the lost world like bull t-rex and i got the uh thrasher t-rex like all in one bundle and i i never had the thrasher so i'm right now i'm getting toys that like i never had as a kid which is interesting because like i don't love them per se like i don't have that feeling that i have for my other toys but they they look nice on my shelf and i like 
You know, I like having them in the lineup, but I just don't have that feeling like we were talking about before. It's like the alternate version of, of Toy Story 3, where, like, the parent is selling their kids' toys, and then a 32-year-old comes and picks them up and puts them on his shelf. Like, <laughs> that's the version of this story. Oh, my God. So, that... <laughs> yeah, where's that one? Um... Yeah. sister Doria Bramante, she got really into Star Trek The Next Generation before I did. And then I liked it, and I wanted to like it too. And I remember most of the toys were hers, and we had these really funny back and forths about how it was like she had the Star Trek toys, and Star Trek was her thing, so I kind of like would play with those toys in private, and then she was like, okay, you like Next Generation, so I started buying Deep Space Nine toys, and those were my toys, and I, I had Kieran Reese and Ben Sisko, and those were my Star Trek toys. I remember it was she had she owned possession or she had possession of the super nintendo but i would go and buy some of the games so it was like all right well if you want to play my game you're gonna need to let me use your super nintendo which is insane because we're just like these two family members living in a house together yeah. <laughs> occupying like the same play area uh, and when it came to jurassic park toys i wonder if oh before i get into that I remember she said uh, recently she was cleaning some of her old stuff out of our house and she said she found an old book of hers that in the inside flap and like children's writing said property of Doria's not Christopher's. (laughs) (laughs) But when it came to Jurassic Park toys, I haven't had a conversation with her about it because it felt like Jurassic Park I don't think that there was possessiveness when it came to that movie. When it came to Jurassic Park, it was both of ours. And there's a chance that we owned two of each. Like, she had hers and I had mine. But I, whereas Star Trek, I have these memories of divisiveness between our ownership of the toys. With Jurassic Park, it was only shared. So I think it was something that was like one of our purest, earliest connections was Jurassic Park and the toys. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's a great note. To, in the spirit of Christmas. In the spirit of Christmas, share. Share. It's the, se- it's the season of giving. It is. Hi, Stephen Ray Morris. My name is Amelie Belcher, a longtime listener, first time caller. And I wanted to tell you my Jurassic Park Christmas story. Uh, when the movie came out, me and my brothers saw it 17 times in the theater. It was the moment I fell in love with Jeff Goldblum and became a woman. Uh, but more importantly, my father got us the entirety of the Jurassic Park toy line that year for Christmas to share. So uh, we had all of them, and sharing doesn't work well with siblings, but we had them all set up in my room because I had the biggest room. And one night, about three months later, I'm laying in the top of my bunk bed, and I wake up in the middle of the night 
to red lights flashing and this mechanical voice telling me that the raptors have escaped, the raptors are on the loose. I rolled out of that bed, hit the ground, and all I could think was, the raptors know how to open doors. I have literally trained for this moment. I know what to do. And then I realized that it was the Jurassic Park talking command compound playset. A loose wire was making the light and the sound effects go off, but to my little mind, I was thoroughly convinced at 15 years old that there were raptors loose in our home. So that's uh, my Jurassic Park Christmas story. Thank you so much for the show. You're doing a great job. Stay sexy. Don't get murdered. Hi, Steven. It's Carly, and I'm calling to tell you about my Jurassic Park toy story. Um, I'm calling specifically about the Lost World dinosaur hatchling toy. Um, it was, I believe, they had about three different varieties, but the, the general gist was that it was a baby, like a plastic baby dinosaur that came in a plastic egg, and you could remove the dino from the egg, and like a big, a big chunk of the egg would come off as well, so you could like take it in and out. And it came in this case that was a cylinder-type shape, and I guess it was supposed to be more like an incubator. Um, but that really wasn't part of the toy, but it was just, it what didn't really do anything. It was just um, a plastic dinosaur and a cool egg. And what was funny about this toy was that I, um, I first saw it when my cousin unwrapped it at his birthday party, which would have been, I did some research in February of 1998. Um, his toy, I figured out, was from the Lost World movie, which was looks like 1997, so this would have been 1998. And he unwrapped it, and I remember just going, wow, to myself as I sat there in this little circle of him unwrapping presents. And the funny thing is, is even as an adult, I have never seen Jurassic Park. I have never seen Lost World. I've only ever seen the third Jurassic Park movie. So the fact that I even wanted this toy was something surprising to me at the time, and I think even surprising to my parents. But... Um, he unwrapped it and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, I even remember the dinosaur had like a little bandage on its leg and I remember being really, uh, I guess emotionally struck by that for some reason and I, um, just really, really wanted it and I insisted he open it, you know, open it out of the little incubator package and let me play with it while I was still at his birthday party. And I remember just sort of cradling it in my arms and thinking it was so cute. I was so into baby things as a child, and this was no exception, obviously. And I remember trying to get my cousin to let me borrow the toy, even though he had just <laughs> he had just unwrapped it. Um, and I even tried to ask his mother if he would let me, um, excuse me, if she would let me um, borrow it as well. And she was just like, no, no, that's Andrew's toy. Why would I give that to you? Um, so I left empty-handed, but I kept thinking about this toy. I kept drawing pictures of this toy. I kept, you know, talking about it to my mom and my dad, and I talked about it at school. Um, and I got to the point where I was in the car with my mom one day discussing this toy with her even more. Um, and I'm sure just describing it to her over and over the way I was just always doing um, with her at this point. And she just turns to me and says, you know, this is getting a little out of hand, and I really think you should go to confession. And sure enough, um, three days later, I went with my mom to confession, and I sat down, and I talked to Father Hour and say, at St. Linus Parish in Oakland, Illinois, 
um, about my <laughs> obsession with the dinosaur hashling toy. And um, he told me to say, I believe, three Hail Marys and um, to pray and hope that maybe I'd get the toy for Christmas. Um, which was a long ways away at this point. So I remember thinking, like, yeah, whatever, Father Hour. Um, so, yeah, um, I there is a happy ending to the story. I did eventually end up getting the toy. It wasn't for Christmas. It wasn't for a birthday. I remember being in a Toys R Us and just walking past an end cap. And um, there was a – it must have been, like, a clearance display or something. And there were just a ton of these toys all on just one end cap. And I remember, like, picking it up and going, this is – this is it. <laughs> um, she's going to buy it for me this time. And sure enough, she did. And I had that toy for a really long time. And I did exactly what I wanted to do with it, which is dress it up in baby clothes and cradle it and take it in the bath and put it in the swing and push it. So, um, yeah. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hi, Steven. This is Nick from Boston. This is attempt number four to tell you my dinosaur toy story. Uh, when I was really young, I had the Kenner T-Rex. I loved that thing. It had survived. Uh, my abuse and, and the mauling of a dog um, but I ended up losing it uh, in a park one day and by the time I realized that I had left it in the park we were halfway home uh, and by the time we turned around and tried to find it um, it, it was just gone um, and this was devastating for me for years I just I, I mourned about it and I tried to search all over for a replacement but you know it was just so expensive um to buy it off eBay or something. And then in 2014, uh, my mom um, and dad did a retro Christmas um, where they each gave us a gift from our, our past. And, you know, my sister got some sort of Barbie set. My brother, uh, my brother's got matchbox things and, and video games. Um, but then I got this box and I unwrapped it. It, it had pots and pans on it. And I was really confused because I didn't get pots and pans when I was younger. And my mom said, open the box. So I opened the box, and lo and behold, there is a there is a Kenner T-Rex in the original packaging, and I freak out. I, I am crying. I am bent over on the couch. Uh, it was <laughs> it was the most emotional moment of my life, and I will never, uh, never forget this and, and never be able to thank my parents enough for it. Uh, and yeah, that's my dinosaur story. Uh, there you go. <laughs> I'll talk to you later, Stephen. Bye. Hi, Stephen. Um, I'm just calling to tell you about my Jurassic Park um, toy Christmas story. The year, I guess, was 1997, because that's when The Lost World came out, right? Um, I don't really remember. I guess I was nine. But I had always loved dinosaurs, you know, for as long as I could remember. Um, I actually kind of got picked on in school because I loved them so much. So that, you know, that's weird because I thought all kids loved dinosaurs. Anyway, um, I hadn't actually seen any of the Jurassic Park movies because uh, they were too scary. <laughs> At least that's what my mom said. But, you know, I really love dinosaurs and I always loved the toys. So whenever I could get my hands on a toy, that was awesome. Um, so it was Christmas time. And at that time, we lived in a really old house and didn't have any central heating. Uh, Christmas could get a little chilly. Um, you know, it was in Georgia, so it wasn't too chilly. But, you know, it gets cold there. Um, so it was really cold when I got up that morning. I remember that, uh, but I didn't really care. I, you know, popped out of bed and went to the living room 
and the first thing I saw was this huge Tyrannosaurus Rex toy standing under the tree. I mean, it looked huge to a kid. It probably still looks huge when you go back and look at it. It's a substantial toy, pretty big. But it was a Jurassic Park Thrasher T-Rex toy, um, and she had capture gear and everything. Uh, she was out of the box, already set up. She had the capture gear on, and she was just ready to be played with. And I totally freaked out. I was so excited. Um, I mean, seeing this huge T-Rex toy under the tree on Christmas morning, it was amazing. It might as well have been a real T-Rex. I was so amazed. It was awesome. Um, I remember the look on my mom's face when she saw me with the T-Rex. She was just really happy that I was happy, and uh, that's a really good memory for me. Maybe even more so than the T-Rex itself. She was just really excited for me, I think. Um, so that was probably my best Christmas ever. I really remember very clearly getting that Thrasher T-Rex. And, um, you know, my love of dinosaurs never really waned. I actually work as a researcher and a paleo artist at an animatronic dinosaur company. <laughs> so it's like a really super niche job, but it's really cool. So, you know, I still get to play around with dinosaurs. This has been Episode 8 of See Jurassic Right. My guests on this week's episode and future episodes were Chris Bermonte, you can follow him on Twitter at Amontioch, Brad Jost, you can follow him on Twitter at Brad Jost, Luce Tomlin-Brenner, you can follow her on Twitter at LTB Comedy, Stephanie Cook, you can follow her on Twitter at Hello Cookie, Assis Sandu, you can follow him on Twitter at Assis Man, Chris Pugh, you can follow him on Twitter at Chris Likes Dinos, Jess Uncle, you can follow her on Twitter at Cylon. Annie Wilkes, you can follow her on Twitter at Andulka Wilkes. And Omar Najam, you can follow him on Twitter at Omar Najam. Thank you, Amelie, Carly, Nick, and Madison for your touching emails. And of course, I wanted to thank my mom and dad for not only getting me these toys, but just creating a lot of special memories that um, I can look back very fondly on. So thank you. While episode 9 drops one month from today, be on the lookout for a mini-so dropping next Tuesday. I'll be playing more voicemails and reading your emails sent in from listeners like you. Also be on the lookout for future mini-sodes and special segments as well. And you can now support See Jurassic Right on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash And check out the See Jurassic Right Facebook group by searching See Jurassic Right Podcast on Facebook. Now, I have two questions for you. If you want to tweet at me, call in, or leave a voicemail before next month's show, these questions are... How do you express your love of Jurassic Park or dinosaurs in your everyday life? And what do you think makes a great fan of a franchise like Jurassic Park? 65 million years of waiting. Well, oh, yeah. Well, all right. Well, oh, yeah. Now you can also interact with me and the show by following me on Twitter at Stephen Ray Morris 
and following SJR Pod on Twitter, See Jurassic Right on Instagram, See Jurassic Right on Facebook, or you can send me an email at seejurassicright at gmail.com. Not only am I looking forward to talking to people about their Jurassic Park experiences and hearing yours, but I also am going to be sharing ephemera from my childhood and, oh God, I'm going to share the fan fiction uh, on there as well and pictures and toys and everything. It's going to be great. And I wanted to thank Caitlin Thompson and Tim Ruggery at ACAST, Molly McAleer, Heather Mason, Stephanie Cook, Sarah Iyer, and you. See Jurassic Right is an ACAST podcast. Check out the show on their mobile app. And thank you for listening. Until next time. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.